Luke 19, 45 through 48. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests, the scribes, and the principal men of the people kept trying to kill him, but they couldn't find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. Let me set the stage. It's 1986. A blockbuster movie breaks out on the scene. In the movie, there are motorcycles, volleyball, some really terribly off-key serenading. Do you know what it is? And most importantly, fast-flying airplanes. And the song that sums it all up, Highway to the Danger Zone, sung by Kenny Loggins, the movie Top Gun is about a young pilot, Maverick, who isn't afraid of anything. And it's just that ability to enter the danger zone that makes Maverick an ace, pushing himself and his partner to the limits to be the best. Revving up your engine, listen to the howl and roar. Take the highway to the danger zone. Ride into the danger zone. Right? Yeah, you know it. You're going to sing it all day now. You're welcome. You know, some people are not afraid of anything, and I envy them. I'm scared of most things, and I actively work my way away from things that are dangerous. But Jesus knew the danger zone well, and he seems time after time to energetically seek out the places where it's going to ruffle the most feathers, like the temple, right under the noses of the chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, all of these people whose job it is to interpret and keep the law and whose job it is to make sure other people interpret and keep the law. And then here comes this confident, outspoken young man who speaks for the spirit and truth of the law and not the letter of it. And he calls out those who perform the right outward acts, but inside they are untouched, untransformed. In the book, The Bad Habits of Jesus by Leonard Sweet, he writes this. Wrong interpretation of scripture can yield pharisaical commitment to practices and rituals rather than to the person of Jesus. But true faith walks the talk and toes the line of true discipleship, and it can be outright dangerous. This is the line that Jesus regularly walked, and it's the same line he still calls his followers to find and walk today. 
Jesus really scared people. When was the last time you made a faith choice that frightened anyone, yourself included? Is your faith too safe? Jesus was curious about many things, always exploring, trying out new approaches, adventurously embracing meeting with new people who weren't a part of his entourage or enclave. For his day, Jesus thought crazy and talked crazy, and he acted as he thought and talked. And Jesus didn't want to just change the temple. And Jesus didn't want to just change the way things were in Jerusalem. He didn't want people to change a few habits. Jesus wanted them to change everything, mind, heart, soul. He didn't want to just make a difference in the world. He wanted to make a whole different world. And Jesus was dangerous. And Jesus continues to be dangerous in the ways that he calls us forward. Jesus was dangerous, challenging people's very way of life, calling for something deeper and and more transformed, a change of heart and action. Now, most of you are going to remember this story because I have shared it with you many times, but it is my favorite, probably, story ever. It's just too good not to share at least once a year. It's the story called In Holy Trouble by Phyllis Tickle. I'm just going to wait for the camera to get over here. (laughs) Yeah, should I go back? Sure. We're learning so many new things about how to do hybrid worship, aren't we? Welcome to our learning. This story by Phyllis Tyler starts like this. In March of 1965, I was found as a college junior, 19 years of age, nestled away in my home territory in the Midwest at Morningside College in Sioux City, Iowa. Martin Luther King Jr. had sent an invitation to campus Methodist student movement groups to join him and thousands of others in voter registration drives in Montgomery, Alabama. I wrote to my mother, 90 miles away in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Mom, I'm going to join Martin Luther King Jr. and register people to vote in Alabama. My Sunday school lessons and my New Testament class will not allow me to sit by when people are ignored, spat upon, and trampled. I am writing to let you know that in five days, two carloads of us will be leaving for 10 days of voter registration and a march on the Capitol in Montgomery to proclaim all people as God's beloved people. Phyllis goes on to talk about how she was the adopted and only daughter of Ruby and Floyd Tyler, and that they had raised her in strict and loving fashion, baptized into and fully involved in the Methodist Church. 
in the Midwest at that time, she said the people were disturbed by Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, talks about his rebellion. They thought that it was communist. And so her mother wrote back, Phyllis, if you join this march with King, you will no longer be our daughter. You are misled, and I do not want you to go, my mother declared sternly. Phyllis goes on to say that she searched her heart and the teachings of her faith and realized she had to go. Mom, I said to her on the phone, I've prayed all night long, and I'm going to join this voter registration and march. If you disown me, so be it. But I love you very much. But I love God's ways more. I'm so intrigued by Phyllis Tyler's ability to go towards the roar. And I think that the reason I keep coming back to the story and why it's so inspiring and provocative to me is that I don't think I've ever done anything so brave. And I wonder if I ever could or would. Like I told you before, I don't go towards trouble. I run away from it. But Phyllis followed Jesus, and Jesus commands us to follow as well right into the danger zone. And it's not because Jesus wanted to be some kind of cocky jerk. It's not because he's some sort of arrogant fly boy trying to prove himself. If we look back in the Gospel of Luke to the section right before he goes into the temple, we find that Jesus has been sobbing, weeping, mourning over Israel, over Jerusalem. If you, even you, he said, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground because you did not recognize the time of our visitation from God. He grieves and mourns and weeps. Jesus is troubled, tortured even, with the sadness of an unrepentant, untransformed people. Jesus is troubled, tortured even, by a broken world. He looks out upon Jerusalem and knows that he loves the people, but he loves God's ways more. And so because the niceties and the gentle voice from the edge aren't working, Jesus hikes up his robe and tromps right into the midst of it, right into their faces. And he asks us to follow him, walk right into it, into the danger zone, not because we're overconfident or we need to prove ourselves or think that we're better than or higher than but because we love the ways of God 
and we can't stay where there's no danger. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.